0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Chocolate with a Side of Medicine. I am Dr. Chris, and I am here with my good friends, three lovely, wonderful MDs. We got Amy Jo MD, we got Dr. Sunshine and Dr. No-No, and we are here for another episode to talk about various health topics. And I want to say, first off, thank you guys for all the love and support that we're getting from you guys. This is truly amazing. We, we're we actually doing what we love. We enjoy talking to each other and also love to uh, help and educate our uh, the community that we try to uh, take care of. So this is just an amazing and wonderful experience, and I just want to say thank you. So, thank
1: you, thank you, thank you, yes. guys. Yes,
0: you, you guys are really excited about the WAP. I feel like we
2: got. I feel like all four yes. of us have gotten a lot of feedback, and you guys are like, the WAP episode was amazing. Right, yes.
1: <laughs> right. and I'll like, to- through it. Right, like shout out to you uh, listening to the entire episode. I know it was on the the longer side, but no one that I've talked to has not finished it and you've all loved it. So thank you so much. We appreciate it. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And in
2: the future, I will let you guys know if it does get that long, I'll split it into two cute little episodes <laughs>
1: instead of
3: one really, really long one. I <laughs> mean, it just goes to show that there is so much more to WAP and that could be, be fit into one hour. So, I mean, that's...
2: I'm, I'm pretty sure that some aspect of WAP is going to come up again. Because yes, even sure. when yes. we do future episodes, it's like, oh yeah. By the way, we can tie this into
0: your vagina. Yay, cool. Yes. <laughs> yes,
3: yes.
0: So sure. look out. There's probably gonna be a part two coming soon.
3: <laughs> Most you know? Definitely. All right. So honestly, when I go to work every day, I I turn on the like uh, the sling or whatever on my computer and like just listening to all the news networks that are just going on like throughout the world today. I swear to God, like every time I turn into my computer, it was something like news breaking every single morning. And it just did not stop for the entire week. Actually, it's still going on. So let me, since we are in October, which is, as you guys should know, it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. um, So I'm sure everyone has heard the unfortunate news that uh, Miss Ananda Lewis, who is a former BET host, Um, was actually just uh, diagnosed with stage three breast cancer. So since October is uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, I uh, figure this would be a good point to bring up on how important it is for you um, uh, to see your PCP to get screened uh, for breast cancer. Because as you can see, this definitely disproportionately affects African-American women. Um, And this is something that we are constantly striving to fight against, uh, the disproportionate number of women who are uh, diagnosed with breast cancer among our community. So given that, um, I, so I don't see a whole lot of breast cancer in the hospital cause I'm dealing with other stuff, but I'm sure Dr. Amy Jo, Dr. Chris and Dr. Sunshine see a lot of this in their clinic. Uh, so I just want to open it up to you guys to see, um, what are some ways that, um, uh, not just black women, but just women in general, how they can protect themselves from, uh, uh, from this, from this fate essentially. Yeah.
1: Well, I, I just want to say one thing that she said, I went back and looked at her video, um, and she was talking about why she had avoided her mammograms in her early forties. Cause I think she's now about 47. And if I remember right, she's been battling breast cancer for the past two years she said that she'd watched her mother or her grandmother, a parent, I think it was her mother, be screened routinely to still end up with breast cancer down the line. And so, one of the things that she had decided was she was going to avoid mammograms to reduce the amount of radiation that she was going to be exposed to. And she thought by doing that, you know, that would keep her safe. And in reflection, what she was really, you know, You know, disappointed about, you know, in hindsight was that she's now gotten two PET scans just trying to, you know, follow her therapies and follow her progression. And of course, the amount of radiation in the PET scan is like 30 times the rate of the Mm -hmm. amount of radiation that would be in a mammogram. And so she was really, you know, wishing that she'd gotten them in her 40s because if it had been caught, in a mammogram versus when she'd actually felt the tumor itself. Mm -hmm. She thought that that would have been, you know, much better. So, um, and I, you know, I don't know what you all, but I've heard that before where people are like, no, I don't want the radiation from the, from the mammogram. Mm -hmm. But, uh.
2: Yeah. Patients have definitely said that before, for sure. But I think, I think a lot of it, especially when I do my women's health visits because the guidelines have changed a lot over the last five years or so. Mm -hmm. Usually if I'm doing whenever I see a woman, um, for like a pap visit, or if we're talking about contraception, I always use that as my opportunity to kind of loop in everything. And I'm like, Oh, since we're talking about contraception, paps, mammograms, women's health, are you up to date? And I think a lot of it starts with like, well, what are the current guidelines? Because they do keep changing. I'm, I'll be honest with you, yeah, but right. literally like 40 and up, once you hit 40, you should be talking to your doctor about a mammogram similar to what amy joe said last episode with colon cancer how there's all these different societies and these different recommendations but across the board if you hit 40 you know you should be talking to your doctor about hey isn't it time for me to have a mammogram and then it's a good conversation to start
0: yeah like for me also like um patients that I see they come for their like annual physical I don't know for you guys it's like one of our best practice advisory like it comes up on our on our screen that we need to talk about it and it and it prompts us to kind of talk hey did you have your mammogram and usually we started it it comes up automatically once you hit 40 so once you Mm -hmm. hit 40 any woman it doesn't matter african-american white Asian doesn't matter it comes up and they're like and you're kind of supposed to like ask like hey did you have your mammogram but some women who don't want to a lot of them are like on it and they like do it every year or whatever but there's some women that just I had one actually was just like well I don't want to know if I did I wouldn't do anything about it so Hmm, really Some people like I I feel better, like I feel better not knowing. Yes.
3: So that kind of goes within the the same mentality as, well, if I never go to the doctor, then they can't diagnose anything wrong with me. So I'm automatically good. So until it's not all good. And all of a sudden it's like code red, code red. (laughs) Until you're in a hospital seeing me. So that's the problem. Like we cannot have that. We cannot continue to have that mindset. So the reason why we have preventative care in place is to prevent these issues from getting out of control where now you need the medications, now you need the surgeries, now you need the interventions, now you need the two, three doctors down the line following your care. This can all be avoided if you just set up that appointment with your your primary care doctor to get those preventative screenings done before it all gets out of control. And that's the same thing with mammograms,
0: just you got to do I, it every year. I agree with that, but then also I just also feel like I'm very much a doctor that feels like it's just, it's your body, your decision, you want to. I give you the information and I present the information to you, and if that's what you choose to do, then I will document it and say that, but I will ask you every year
1: in case you change your mind. But some people just don't want to know. And I tell people that too, like, if you don't want to do it, I just give them, give them a disclaimer that I am going to ask you the same question next year, because I'm going to keep asking you if you want them. And if you would like to turn them down, it's fine. Uh, But I'm going to ask you every year. The problem, the one thing that Dr. Nono is getting to is when people say, I don't want to know because I'm not going to seek treatment, even if something happens sounds very noble in the pre-symptomatic or before you have symptoms stage. Mm -hmm. We all trained uh, at a very large uh, safety net hospital where people did not have a choice but to find themselves in our hospitals having gotten, you know, nothing, no care, no treatment until it was absolutely too late. So it gives you a unique perspective of what that looks like. And the problem is, is that when the symptoms kick in, especially when they're like at the end of life or really advanced, nobody turns down care. Mm-hmm. Everybody says, yep. "Hey, I want everything." That done. therapy that you yep. said I was going to get six months ago, let me go ahead and have it. And you're kind of sitting on the, you know, you're on the, you're on the hook for delivering what's most often heartbreaking information to say. I consulted these, you know, XYZ teams and they say that now there's nothing left to do. And I have, there's no bigger heartbreak than to look at somebody that's regretting not taking action early that is now forced to just suffer through, Mm -hmm. you know, the progression of their disease. And so that's why it's hard when doctors hear, I don't want my preventive health screenings. Right. Like oh, yeah. we haven't right. even gotten to do you have a diagnosis? You just don't right. want the preventive health screenings. Come on. We've got to do them. Do them yes. with us, please. We we're, yes. we're begging you. Like we we're literally begging you.
3: We use the stages so that tells us kind of how far the um the cancer has spread. So there's stage 1, stage 2, stage 3 and stage 4. So typically, you know, we do the preventive screenings. If we can catch it in like stage 1, stage 2, that's good you know, we can, we can catch it, we can treat it. Sometimes if it's, if it's only confined to one area, we can take it out and then, you know, continue to uh, do surveillance on it, you know, when you come to your doctor's visits. But it gets a little tricky when you start getting to the late stages, like stage three, stage four. And then when the cancer has spread throughout your body, you know, your, your treatment options are kind of limited at that point. And there's no preventative medicine there because you already have the disease. So now, we're treating it and trying to give you the best quality of life that we can. So she I did
1: say, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Dr. No, no, she sure. did say it was in the, she said she had stage three with lymph involvement. Yeah. So I don't know if everybody understood what that meant. So think of your lymph system as a highway, right? It's an access point for things to get in and out of. Most of the time it's for, to protect you. It's your immune cells that are using that system. But when cancers start to get into your lymph system, you, we really are in a level of trouble because it means that they can now leave their original location and start to spread out. And nothing scares your cancer doctors, your oncologists more than a cancer that has escaped this original spot and has now started to travel to different places because it makes their jobs very complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, we know a lot because often you're seeing us steal for your primary care needs and we're reading the notes that your cancer doctors are putting in there. So we're kind of you know, regurgitating that information for you so that you understand you know, everything that's happening. We're looking to make sure you haven't missed any appointments. Was there a lab or something that you needed before you go back to see your specialist? But when you read those notes and it's in the lymph system or it's spread through the lymph system, you know that you're in a bigger battle and it has become increasingly more hard, more difficult to, to treat your cancer. Mm -hmm. So um, I think, you know, what this beautiful black woman is trying to tell all of us is please do your screenings. Mm African-American women, regardless of social economic status, regardless of your coins or your education, die at faster rates from breast cancer than other Mm -hmm. populations. Mm-hmm. So you cannot outsmart this, you can't outsophisticate this. We are not bougie enough to skip mm-hmm. the breast cancer <laughs> screenings. Okay. So just go ahead and put those puppies in that plate, smash it down, hold your breath. They will do it. It's easy. You'll be in and out in 15 minutes. Mm-hmm.
3: So I don't I don't know for everyone that's um in Chicago. So as you know, for, for me, I'm still stationed in Chicago. So actually, um, just a little tidbit. So in, from 1995 to 2005, um, it was actually found that African-American women in Chicago had a four to five-fold uh, greater risk of death from breast cancer compared to white women. And that was actually com- wow. uh, controlling from all other factors, um, like what Dr. Amy Jo said, um, socioeconomics and everything else. So just because you are Black you can still have a four to five rate of dying from breast cancer just based on living in Chicago. So, and that's actually not just, you know, the, the rates um, for Chicago are, are high, but that's actually not um, what's the word. It's not unique to our city. So what other cities right. where you have a large African-American population um, you still see that disparity present um, regardless what controlling for all those other uh Um, All those other outcomes. So, even more so, that's why we're so, we're kind of harping on this point that it is so important for you to go in and get screened. And also, I remember what Dr. Sunshine had said um, in our last recording that, you know, you need to know a lot about your family history. So, there are women out there that have a, uh, that are more at risk of getting breast cancer or ovarian cancer. Um, that you need to know about by asking about your family history. So, you know, your grandma, your mom, you know, your aunt on your mom's side, all that stuff. Like, just be nosy. It's a, This is the only exception that we're giving you to be nosy about your family history because <laughs> it helps us out and it helps you out to get, you know, the proper screening that you need. So Ask those aunties. Ask the aunties. Ask right, all they, of them. they will tell you everything. Just they, they'll they tell you all all of it. So, no, so some new. of them don't tell
0: you much. They'd be like, "Oh, I think this person died of this cancer." Oh, they <laughs> I am not quite sure. And it's just like, really? What you mean? You don't know? I'm like, oh, didn't your aunt didn't your aunt Janice?
2: What about your aunt Shirley? Didn't yeah. they, didn't they have no? That she light? had the I'm sugar. Like, what? I'm, sugar. I'm
3: gonna sugar. know I'm going to be clear. <laughs> But, like, that just goes to say, like, you need to know your family history. Because if you had a couple first-degree relatives that were diagnosed with breast cancer before the age of 40, that is concerning. And you need to bring that up with your primary care doctor.
1: Yeah. Get screened, ladies. Get screened. Yes, yes, yes. that's important. Fellas. Fellas. Because, you know, we never want to leave y'all out. Mm -hmm. They need to get screened, too. If you are squeezing on those boobs... I was it just going to say something. this again. Ooh, yes. uh. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Go
2: ahead, finish, finish.
1: You didn't you hit your favorite scoop on that, on <laughs> that right boob, <laughs> right? <laughs> and this time it feels a little different. <laughs> that Tell is me. your cue to say something. Some breast cancers are found by your partner because they are the ones that are into them. You know, women, we carry them around all day. Like, I, you know, they're with us. Like, we don't, we ignore them. Until they need to put Mm -hmm. put in a bra or something. Mm -hmm. But men, if you are rubbing on a breast and you feel a lump or anything like that, go ahead and let her know. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Hey, I don't know if this is new for you or not, but this is what I feel. You know, she will go see her doctor and you could save a life.
0: See something, say something. Yeah, my most recent two
2: um, breast cancer diagnoses that I've had are women who came in and they were like, oh, by the way, my partner noticed this. And then when they pointed it out to me, I noticed it too. So then I came in. I'm like, you know what? Kudos to your partner. Listen, like mm-hmm. partners are in here, you know, putting in good work.
1: So listen. shout out to Foreplay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Shout out to Foreplay. Listen, it's important, it could save lives. I mean,
3: legit, legit. All right. So. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's do the second topic. Oh, my God. All right. So Mm -hmm. obviously we cannot go. We cannot finish this week without obviously talking about um, our current president.
2: Oh, gosh. Ah. Are you sure?
3: We can't skip it. Uh, We can't skip this. I'm sorry. (gasps) my, My inbox has been blowing up with this. So I would be I would be hard pressed not to address it. So as you know, um, our president was diagnosed with COVID not too long ago. I just went to Walter Reed and is currently receiving treatment. So, I mean, I I don't know if you guys have been seeing all the social media posts I've been putting out. Like all every other medical professional in the entire United States has been telling everybody to wear a mask. Um, So I feel like now we can kind of see the importance of that. Uh, So I feel like. Um yeah, I feel like we need to reiterate how important it is to stay protected during this pandemic. So, do you guys have any other words to say about that? Or what do you feel about our president now having COVID? You know, I just I feel
1: like "Covid the- uh. got the rona." <laughs> got the rona.
3: He
2: got the rona. Fauci's sitting over there like I told, I you. told you so.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I was yeah. looking at the um the there was a you know, the, on the internet, it kept coming up the, I guess the event that they had for yeah. um, oh my gosh. the justice yes. the Supreme court. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was packed. Like there was no spacing in between the seats and mm-hmm. everybody who now is coming back positive was there. They were talking mm-hmm. two feet away. No one mm-hmm. had on a mask. And I think, man, look at, mm. look at COVID just jumping from, you know, body to body. Like I was going to say, did you hear the details on that? Because. Actually, today, right before we started
2: recording, um, the president of Notre Dame, who also is COVID positive because he was at the same, you know, this super spreader event, he basically basically detailed what the check-in was to get into this event. He's like, you know, I got there and he was wearing a mask. And then they basically do a rapid COVID test. And they also check his temperature. The rapid was negative. His temperature was fine. And then they tell them, oh, hey, you can take off your mask because you're good. And then they made him take off his mask and then you go into the vicinity. Unless you're really adamant about it. They're like, you know, if you're really passionate about it, you can keep it on. But for the most part, we just did a rapid COVID, you're negative. We took your temperature, you should be fine. And that was their check-in process. So then he thought he was good because everybody else who was there was supposedly also swabbed and their temperature mm. was checked and it gave them this false sense of security. So when Amy Joe MD over there is watching this footage that we're all seeing on mm. TV today, the handshakes, the kisses on the cheeks, the whispers in the ear. I'm
1: like, "Oh my gosh." Yeah. <laughs> it, crazy. It was stressing me out just watching oh. it. And I was like, "Oh my god." Oh. Yeah. No, what? Then it? I heard
0: I heard some news um when I was watching the news, they said something about like um, they think he was having symptoms even before the debate. Oh, girl, and I get then me and yeah. then like he didn't say that he had symptoms, and I think he showed up late and didn't actually get tested.
1: The fa- yeah, they were like yeah. the family showed up yeah. late, yeah, and, and, so they, and avoided they didn't actually get tested. tested
0: then. So, but then Biden so, is negative, I think, right? So thank, thank God. But um, I mean, a
3: lot of the so I saw like. There's so many theories like flowing out there, but I think actually a lot of them have weight. So I did watch the press conference with the uh, the physician of the president, and he did address like the well, reporters today. today. Yeah, I saw it so, too. Go ahead. So I mean, you already know what I'm saying. So the question of <laughs> did the president require supplemental oxygen? So supplemental oxygen means like if you need oxygen to keep your oxygen levels up, because that is what COVID does. It causes your oxygen levels to be low. And then when you come in, you feel really short of breath and you need oxygen. Um, but this also kind of tells us the severity of the disease. So that was actually a very important question that we wanted to get answered. So the I think maybe five or six different reporters were asking this question. And I swear to God, this doctor was deflecting all of it. He kept saying, the president is not on auction now. No, the president is not on oxygen now. And they're like, well, was he ever on auction? And the doctor was like, no, the president is not on oxygen now. But that did not... That, do you get what I'm saying? It's not
1: answering the question at hand. I don't envy that man's job at all. I no. do not envy it. For
3: real.
2: I'm flipping around the words. He's like, as of right now, at this date and time, the president is not currently on oxygen. It's like, right.
3: okay. I should have been a lawyer. Or, 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 my even God. Worse. <laughs>
2: worse. I think he said, at, even worse, I think he was like, the president, as of right now, is no longer on oxygen. And I'm like, like, now wait. you know no longer in there. Just getting so the worse. <laughs> right, so the but the I'll, thing, I will say this, the because I try not to talk about the president too much because I feel like it raises my blood pressure, which is very <laughs> <fine>. good. <laughs> I try not to talk about him very much, but the only thing that really bothered me is similar to what Dr. Chris was talking about. And when the doctor got on the microphone, I think it's Doc Conley. I think his name's Sean Conley, I think. I'm not sure yeah. about the first name, but- He basically was like, all right, we are 72 hours into, you know, the president getting treatment, yada, yada, yada. And the idea that he says 72 hours was news to everybody. We're like, has this been going on for 72 hours? Because this is Saturday morning. Are you telling us that this started... Wednesday morning because that's completely different than what we knew because remember Wednesday he was in Minnesota and Thursday he was in New Jersey and then he came back so he's been a lot of places since then and the debate was just on Tuesday so then this is just when he got a positive test and as we know like the positive tests will only tell you but so much but I'm I just right. say all that to say that it basically shows that the and mind you Hope Hicks who's the president's aide, who works really closely with him, it's well known that within the White House staff that she was sick, and she didn't even go on some of the visits that he did on Wednesday and Thursday, so you knew that that somebody was sick within your staff. You knew that. You Mm -hmm. knew that you had to get a test, and there's no reason why you should have exposed all these people when you knew that you should have been quarantining. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And even 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 tests aside, even if you're like, there's... (sighs) I have so many thoughts on this, but all, all in all, all, I in all I'll, I'll summarize it as in like when you're working somewhere or you're like living in a society and for them, like the, you know, the whole like Capitol Hill, they got their own thing going on. When you put so much emphasis on testing and not emphasis on any of the other things, you're not mm-hmm. doing justice to like stopping like the spread of any communicable disease at all. Because, yes, you, you I could swab you right now and you're negative. And then it turns out you could have COVID and I swab you tomorrow and you're positive. The test only gives you like a split second. Like, mm-hmm. this is what we find on this test right here, right now. And there's a bunch of false positives and false negatives, which I won't get into right now. But when you put all your eggs in a barrel and that barrel happens to be testing and you're like, oh, you tested negative. Oh, you know. Pfft, no <laughs> masks no social distancing kisses on the cheek handshakes it just doesn't make any sense right. it's a poor yeah. example for the american people and it's just a it's just it's just
1: oh, the test is just the the test is the the test is just a result of the behaviors mm-hmm. and we're not talking about the behaviors if 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 it sounds like what you're getting at and that's true because I get a I get a lot of people that will test positive and they'll say, "Man, I can't believe this happens to me." I mean, if it can happen to me, it can happen to anybody. All I did was go to my family's barbecue. And you're like, "Well, there there's where you there's where your exposure is." And so we're not getting it sounds it sounds like even all the way up to the highest level of our government, we aren't getting at trying to control the behaviors and really stop the habits that are going to you know, spread it. Here's my concern, right? So remember when the CDC came out with the, I don't know if we talked about this um, at any point in time, but the CDC came out and said there's still about 90% of the population that is still vulnerable to mm-hmm. COVID, right? Yeah. Okay. So let's think about this. So we've infected, I, I don't know where we are now. It, that was last week when this, these numbers came out or week before, we were at like six point two million, which was not even ten percent of the US population. And in that in that two to eight percent, we have killed two hundred thousand Americans. Have they have died from COVID? And if we're saying that 90% of the population is still vulnerable to be exposed, we are still looking at because okay, and then on top of that, the epidemiologists are saying that we are gonna either need Uh, natural immunity or Mm -hmm. vaccinations to Mm -hmm. cover somewhere between 60 to 80% of the population Mm -hmm. before we have good protection. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. we've got to get all the way up to 80% of the people either infected or vaccinated. And right now we don't have a vaccine. If anybody's crunching the numbers, if less than 10% of the population can kill 200,000 people, what will it look like if we actually infect 80% of the population? Hmm. We're going to potentially kill millions of people yep. yep. so as we wait for a vaccine mm-hmm. um as we wait for the safety of this vaccine to be given its scientific justice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if we don't control our behaviors mm-hmm. there's so many more people that are at risk of dying yep. and that's what i think what makes this you know scary is that we are providing ourselves some emotional comforts to make us feel good about being free to do the things that we like to do, but it's clearly not, it's not safe. Yes. All the best. I'm, I'm wishing everyone speedy recoveries.
2: I am here to throw to the group the topic of the week for us, which is yes. soul
0: food. Soul Yo, oh, yeah. when I was
3: posting those, when I was like uh, scheduling those posts, I'm like, man, I mean, those look so good. But I'm, <laughs> pes- I'm pescatarian, so I can't eat half that stuff I'm posting. But oh my God, I would not give for some fried chicken, collard greens. Oh my
1: God. You all say that as I am going through the month of veganism. Hey, good for you. <laughs> so I, 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 I applaud you.
2: I'm happy that you shared that with the listeners because, oh, yes, yeah. so, yeah. a-
1: yes, I, Amy Jo MD, will be a vegan for the entire month of October. So uh, I am not a professional chef. <laughs> 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 I can cook. I, I, I do pretty good. I think everybody on here has eaten something that I have cooked and they are still alive to tell the tale. So it must be all right. Oh, yeah. And um no, I cook. I love cooking. Um I probably cooked less than look than I did when I lived with uh Dr. Sunshine back in residency because she cooked hey. all the time. So yeah, I really um like I have those fried green tomatoes that you made. And oh yeah, my god, those I love those fried so green tomatoes. Good. So
3: good.
1: I know they're out of season, but that did not stop me from looking for them, um, in the grocery store today. (laughs) (laughs) Dear Lord, let me just have some fried green tomatoes. So, but yes, I do love them. Um, my, all of my roommates have loved the fried green tomatoes. They have been a hit, but yeah, I'm going to be doing a month of, um, veganism. Part of the reason why I'm doing it is that, um, uh, Tracy McQuarter, uh, is doing a 10,000 Black Vegan Women Challenge. It actually starts on October 5th. Mm-hmm. So if you go to her Instagram page, or if you go, if you just put in 10,000 Black Vegan Women Challenge, it'll come up. And so I was doing that as a part of that. And then also, I'm doing it because um, if any of my patients are listening, then they already know this that I am a biased plant based doctor. So I eat lots of plant based meals. I recommend it very often. With some rare exceptions, which I'm sure we'll get into someday Mm -hmm. um, on an episode. But yes, so I was looking at the fried chicken like (laughs) (laughs) Doctor Nono doesn't like me right now because uh, I'm eating eating cauliflower. Oh,
2: I mean, for the record, the only person who really fills me right now is probably Dr. Chris because, like, yes. Amy Jo and B is over there doing like vegan stuff, and Dr. <laughs> Nono's been like on her pescatarian, vegetarian type of thing recently. I'm like, yo, listen, nah. I'm here for all of it. Me Equal too. <laughs> I am
0: also
2: no restrictions. My patients <laughs> know me when I'm whenever I get to the diet portion of their physical. I'm like, hey, do you have any diet restrictions? Do you have any allergies? Are you on paleo? Like, you know, I'm in, I'm in the bay, so I'm always like vegetarian, vegan, vegan paleo like what are yes. you <laughs>
0: oh my but God. me personally
2: i'm like no restrictions whatsoever and i feel like only dr chris and i can see
0: eye to eye on yes. that yes I well know. you know you know you guys know that you know my family is uh, from haiti so i grew up on haitian food and it's nothing that healthy about haitian food <laughs> our, our meals listen if if you don't have enough rice on your plate if you didn't have rice you didn't eat okay Because they're like, and it's a funny thing about it is that they they put so much rice on your plate, right? And they're like, oh, you didn't eat enough. Look at you. You're so skinny. You need to eat. And then when you get fat, they talk bad about you. So it's just like, (laughs) what what you want me to do? It's so confusing. It's just just so confusing. You just, they're like, "Mm, she put on weight. Right, Mm. right. And they know they would really talk bad about you. Like, And then if they haven't seen you, they're like, oh, you look like you gain weight. Like, why is when you don't, when you see me, my weight is the topic of discussion. Why can't you just be like, hi, how you doing? We missed you. How are you? No. Oh, you look like you gain weight. You always gain weight. And if you lost too much weight, they're like, are you okay? Are you depressed? Like, what's going on? Oh, my God.
2: (laughs) So, yes. Now that you have have an idea of all of our backgrounds, (laughs) So I pretty much divided up this talk into meats, starches, and veggies. So I'm gonna start with what everybody loves, which is the starches, mm-hmm. right? So I want you to take a moment, and when you take a moment and just envision like your typical Thanksgiving day dinner mm-hmm. oh. or Christmas dinner, I'm
1: you're at heaven. your mom's
2: house or your auntie's house or probably the auntie that you really like not the auntie that you don't like, <laughs> everybody, has, like everybody has like auntie preferences they're like oh I got 10 aunties that I don't like that one and I like this one right. imagine your house that knows how to cook, and you've been looking forward to this right and you're looking at the spread and everything so that's where I want your brain to be throughout this entire conversation because I want to talk to you guys about the soul food that you get on the holidays and the the food that your mom or your auntie is not slaving over every day they're like oh it's a special occasion we're gonna to like pull out the good stuff, Mm. pull out the pan, you know, the, the, the cake, all of that, all of that. Mm. Yes.
0: Yes.
3: Yes.
2: We're going to start with the starches. So when I say starches, I'm going to list them before my people, I'm talking about mac and cheese, regular potatoes, sweet potatoes, Mm. rice, stuffing, biscuits, cornbread, all
3: Mm. of that. The dressing, okay. dressing—the best part. What We talking about the dress I
2: said stuffing. You can call it dressing. You can dressing call it is what you know, put
3: it inside it. the turkey. Stuffing is cooked outside the turkey. It's a different. Oh, we about and, to get to my, a whole nother because that's not necessarily true uh, in
0: my house. What? No, See, so in my, my house hardest. is, different. the stuffing is stuffing in the nah. turkey.
1: Really? What? Oh, do I have oh, the dressing? What in my grandma's house? She, she had a pan of dressing. Like there yeah, was a pan like, of dressing. Yeah, that was the turkey. But you had a pan of dressing. Like yeah. that is made from cornbread. Like that dressing is 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 on its own. Like you can <laughs> stuff your turkey, but dressing has got its own pan.
3: <laughs> no, I mean we usually would have like two or three pans of just like straight up. So I guess straight up dressing, and then the stuffing. Mm, you know, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. the good stuff that came out the turkey. So we always would yeah, keep yeah. those separate. And we'd always like kind of spice up the dressing or the dressing a little bit. So some mm. of it would have like red pepper flakes, you know, be a little spicy. Some would have like the Italian sausage, you know, they have like a little bit of. Uh, Italian
0: sausage? sausage. What? sausage. What? Don't,
3: like man, yo, no, Don't knock it. Don't knock it till it's you try it. It is so wait, good.
2: wait, 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 wait. So no, no, wait. You know what? Because the audience doesn't know our history of our group dynamic, I'm gonna let you slide.
1: I'm gonna just let go. this. I'm gonna just put she is out here like yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't
3: know about that. Dr. Sunshine that. is being
1: shady. That's what this is, but it's okay. <laughs> like, um, I, mean, I, mean, I don't I don't I want to be with with italian sausage in the dressing like i that don't is understand. not understand i thing. don't
3: understand no, so what's I to, no we were experimenting that year so we put some italian sausage. Oh, so you oh. need to start with that you okay. need to start with that, <laughs> so that we
1: were experimenting because okay. this is not traditional uh dressing no because so. put
3: gizzards and, and all that stuff so we would have a whole pan just with the gizzards
1: and whatnot so that's that's what went on in our house do not make gizzards you don't use what? Oh you can't God. be using Thanksgiving to be testing out the dressing, man. That'll th- that'll start a whole fight. You been know, <laughs> the dressing. You don't oh, test out a new recipe out here. Test it. You know what I'm yeah, saying? You, you test it in like know. October. You
2: I mean, know what's funny? I recently had a whole conversation with my best friend about this, and she's gonna listen to this episode. She's gonna be like, "Girl, go ahead, say it." So listen. We just <laughs> had a about this, about how like you know when it's a holiday time and you're inviting people over, you're supposed to be making stuff that you're like, oh no, I can make this. Right. I, this is my thing. Right. I yes. brought it. Right. Everybody. Right. Partake. You right. know what I mean? It's not the time to be like, Ooh, let me throw in some sausages. Should I put some oysters in that? Ooh, where the raisins? Like this is oysters. not the time. Oh my God. Any... This no. is not the time for any of that at all. I'm and so I think not, that, and so. I started with the, I started with the starches because historically, in every household, and you know what? To be honest, now that we're talking about it, and a lot of people are going to be like, "Oh, doc, you know, I don't really know." But usually, if you take a plate and you're there for Thanksgiving or Christmas, and you go around the table and you get a little something, something, you're going to realize that your plate gets full of starches really, really fast. Yes. right. it's, mm-hmm. it, it's quick because you got your you got your mac, you got your sweet potatoes or your yams. You know, you got your you got your stuffing. Somebody made some biscuits. Your plate, you 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 want you'll blink. And half your plate is starches, and I wonder. <laughs> I'm serious. Plate. Yeah, it's just, it's just, and God forbid, it's drenched in gravy or something. So I, I bring oh. up, I start, I start with the starches because within the Black and Brown community, of course, you know, plug to Amy Jo MD. One of her favorite topics to talk about is diabetes, and then when oh, we're right. talking about all these plates full of carbs. That is going to be, now mind you, if diabetes runs in your family or if you're pre-diabetic or if you are trying not to be diabetic because it runs in your family, then you need to start paying attention to these carbs. And when you make a plate during the holidays and more than 75% of your plate is carbs, I'm going to need you to balance that out a little bit. Or if it is just that full of carbs, I need you to take smaller scoops. Like instead of like, you know, two big old scoops of Mac, I need you to bring it down to one scoop of Mac and eat (laughs) both of greens. And go for the green beans. You need, to, you need to even this out somehow, some way. Yes. Because the thing is, because I've had so many patients where your labs look great. You didn't lost weight. You did great over the summer. I'm like, yes, patient, yes. We're on the same page. The journey is great. And then the holidays come around, and then.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> fell off the
2: wagon. Wop, fell wop, off the. <laughs> oh, oh God, I fell off the train, and I'm like, okay, well, what'd you do over the holidays? Where did you go? What did you eat? Ooh, I saw all the aunties. I went everywhere. I ate. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh okay, you know what I mean? Because they and I expect a little bit of a bump over the holidays, like in terms of your blood work. But for the most part, I need you guys to just be aware that having all these carbs, in particular, it puts you at higher risk for a lot of things.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, keep in mind, right, that the average meal should have somewhere between, for women, 30 to 45 total grams of carbs. I think for men it can be like 45, maybe even as high as 55. Now, we all know that whatever you're going to eat for Thanksgiving, you blew through the whole meal requirement in half the plate, right? So Mm -hmm. I already know. (laughs) (laughs) that the carbohydrate requirements per meal is toast on Thanksgiving. But what I think people don't keep in mind is that you still got to remember the facts, right? 30 to 45 grams of carbs. That includes what you drink, your sides, the sauces, everything that, that accumulates really quickly. And, um, Y'all out here on three, you know, you burned through the first one just because you were so hungry because you waited all day to eat. So, you know, that was just the warm-up plate. Now you got to get your real plate so you can really taste your food because you inhaled it the first time. And then you're going to go for that third plate later on just because, you know, they you don't want the macaroni and cheese to run out. So you're going to have to make you another plate just because so that you can save the moment. Like, um, that's a lot of carbohydrates. I mean, by the end of the day, most people have had, enough total carbs for days Mhm. Mm-hmm. like this
3: food is not going anywhere like there's a such thing as leftovers and you can always like come back to that <laughs> you don't have to tackle everything in like one go like i definitely know at least in my house we're eating leftovers for at least three to four days after the initial event so
0: yeah i think the problem is that we definitely get real excited and we fill our plate with so much stuff but really you don't have to eat all of that at one sitting. You know, no. you could really reduce your the, your intake amount. Exactly.
2: But Dr. Chris, what if your favorite auntie showed up and she came with her world famous mac and cheese? Then you'd I be know. like, oh, I got to have a mac No, and I'm not saying that
0: you don't have it. Right. I'm not Eating saying that you cheese. don't have it. You can eat it. Just don't, you don't got to eat like a whole big plate of it. You can eat like a little soup and eat later on.
2: But let's say that auntie showed up after I already filled my plate with the biscuits <laughs> and, the and the potatoes everything. <laughs> and everything, and then your favorite auntie walking the door like, "Ooh, I'm sorry, I'm late, y'all. I brought my mac,"
1: and you're like, "Yeah." Listen, go ahead and eat the mac. Go ahead and eat it. Can we not take the mac home, though? Like, the problem that yes, I have Yes, we can. You all, so everybody wants to squeeze in at an appointment. They're like, right now, right? October. Right. October, <laughs> September. And they're like, oh, you know, you're like, oh, you're doing so great, Mr. T. Oh, your A1C is beautiful. Keep up the good work. Y'all are about to eat that mac and cheese. It feels like every day for the next three months because the next time I check your A1C... Them joints be like 15. Okay. <laughs> and, and I'm just like, what happened? And y'all, are like, oh man, you know, the food was so good for the holiday. Like, Thanksgiving and Christmas are just two, yeah. two, just two days. No, nah, don't worry like, about me. New New and okay, fine. Three days. Yeah. We cannot eat Thanksgiving and Christmas dinners every day for the next three months. Y'all. Right, we <laughs> like, cannot do it. That is going to have us back on insulin. No, and
3: y'all come in with this holiday heart. You know, you say, oh, man, my chest feels kind of funny. And you show up in the ER and be like, oh, why is my heart going like 140 beats per minute? <laughs> no, like, that, that is like that is three. Like Dr. Amy Jo said, that is three months of eating straight Thanksgiving, Christmas. And then you want to top it off with all the champagne for New Year's. Yep. Your heart, your heart cannot take all that. so you need to yeah. like give it a break and realize that it is okay it is in, it is okay to imbibe once in a while, but not for a continuous period of time where we have made so much progress with your A1c, your cholesterol, and all that stuff because that's just gonna rewind all the stuff that we've done and you know bring you back to square one. So that's and
2: for the for the young and healthy people that are listening, A1C is a blood test that we do in order to track, you know, if you are diabetic or not and your progress and to see trends. So if you've heard the word A1C, you've never heard it before, you know what? That means you're probably young and healthy and no one's even monitoring. You're good. Or you should talk to your doctor about a genetic physical. That's fine. But for those that are diabetic or pre diabetic, and especially Black and Brown Americans, you should know what an A1C is, you know. and you should and you should at least have one done for your physical. Because if you got a strong family history, just get it out the way. Let's just see what it is at baseline. I feel great today. I'm 23. Run it. Let me let me let me see what we're working with. That's fine. But that's what an A1C is. Okay. I just want you guys to be aware that in theory, like I draw normally, I draw like a little plate for my patients, but I, I really like. If you have if you if you have any like predisposing factors or family history, things like that, I think a quarter of the plate should be starches. Maybe if you're really overzealous, maybe half a plate, but half a plate is doing a lot. Like if you see the plate is like a circle, (laughs) then a quarter of the plate should be starches. I like another quarter of the plate to be your dessert. You know what I mean? And then the other half of the plate can be like meats and veggies and things like that.
1: That's how I usually think about it. Yeah. And I think that, you know, like we are talking about all the academies, I think the academy breaks it down the same way. So the American Academy of Family Medicine Physicians breaks it down the same way. So they kind of draw the, I still draw that circle, cut it in half. Listen, half that plate needs to be fruits and vegetables. Yep. And then you've got the other half to play with. Um, so for people who do have chronic diseases, diabetes, hypertension, high cholesterol, I know the food looks good. Um, but you've still gotta follow, you've got to follow your rules and you know, indulge, but don't re-engage in the way you used to before you really got it back on track. So exactly. I guess, so I guess not to. so I know
3: I know we were kind of making fun about you know the substitutions and whatnots, but for Thanksgiving and a holiday and for Christmas, I mean, what, with cooking all of these like holiday meals? Are there any like sort of substitutions that people can make to make their meals a little bit healthier?
2: Ooh, that is a touchy subject. Want me to tell you why it's touchy? I'm gonna tell you why it's touchy right now. All right. Um, it's touchy because whenever you're making food for your family, right? They a lot of families are like, you know what? This sweet potato pie or the stuffing or whatever, there's lots of recipes that have been passed down from your Nana, from your grandma, down to your mom, to your aunties, all that good stuff. So a lot of times there's a lot of shaming that goes on within the black community. If you decide that you're going to make a healthy version of this sweet potato pie or a healthy version of this insert pound cake, uh, mac and cheese, whatever it may be, because someone from the family will taste it and they'll be like, Ooh, which, who, who made this? Who, who made it, made this? <laughs> they be like, ooh, who made this one? Oh,
3: my God. They'd be, like, oh, they be
2: like, oh, aunt so-and-so. They'd be like, oh, did you use the recipe by aunt? Blah, 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 blah. And they'd be like, oh, no. I, um, I, I, I actually subbed out all that butter for, like, olive oil. And then I decided to yeah. do this other healthy option. And then you get shamed by the family because they're like, this is not... This this, is not, this is not worthy of a holiday occasion. This, this is, is not, the time. not it. It's not the time this to is the not it. And yes, and yes, it's healthier, but it is not what
1: the holiday calls for. So Decrease portion sizes. I think, exactly. Well, but, that's
2: how they feel. That's why they feel.
1: But here's the thing, right? It's the holiday, right? Yeah, it's, it's a family okay. gathering. It's an it's a it's an American celebration that you know we're doing. Enjoy the holiday. The holiday is not what's getting you in trouble. So I am not pressed about all these substitutions that you're trying to make for a dinner for this large group of people where you're going to be celebrating with family and friends. I really don't need you to figure out how to substitute that. Mm -hmm. I need you to get back on schedule the day after, right? Mm -hmm. I need you to be on schedule the day before. I need you to be back on schedule the day after, but on the holiday with your friends and family, enjoy your mac and cheese. Dr. Sunshine hasn't gotten into the other, um, we, we really on the starches. So enjoy your starches, enjoy your your meats, enjoy your dessert, but just know that if sodium makes you swollen. Mm. Don't call me the next day after Thanksgiving talking oh, about some. Oh, um, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute.
2: Sodium's where I'm going. You, wow. you want, want me to hit it? Want wow. me to hit it? Yes. Soda. Yes. Yes.
0: Hit it. Hit
2: it. So listen. Next, we have the meats. Hit it, hit it. Like Arby's. <laughs> the, <laughs> meat. the meat. <laughs> about meat?
1: The meat sweats.
3: Oh my god.
2: So meats are going to definitely hit blood pressure and cholesterol. So when I'm talking about meats, I'm talking about that honey-baked ham those pork ribs, beef ribs, smothered pork chops. Some people make a roast, you know what I mean? They got a whole mm. beef roast going on, fried chicken, fried turkey, all the meats. Mm. And then the only reason why I'm I'm talking about like salt in the in the meat sweats is because with black and brown people, and of course, I'm sure this happens to Caucasians as well. But because in the black community, pork is so near and dear to our hearts. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pork is so high in salt; it really is. Yeah. So then, when you guys start eating all that ham, all those pork ribs, and and mind you, I have an uncle, and if he ever hears this podcast, he'll know exactly that I'm talking about him. <laughs> <laughs> I have an uncle who literally you'll you'll give him on Thanksgiving three different meats to choose from. There's beef, there's turkey, all this stuff, especially on Thanksgiving. Once the ham comes out, that's his ham. That's it. It's a wrap. Ham and Hennessy all night long. (laughs) (laughs) But The thing about ham and the thing about pork is that it's, it's cured. Like that's how you make pork. It's cured Mm -hmm. in all this salt. If you actually see the amount of salt that goes into making pork that is able for you to like actually eat it. Um, it's a lot of salt and you just have to be aware. Go ahead, Amy
1: Jo. Uh, So I think the requirements, right. You know, I always like to give you the facts. Daily requirements are like 2,500 like, milligrams of salt a day, which really isn't a lot. It's like one tablespoon or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, So when you think about a Thanksgiving dinner and you know every time you eat salt, everything on you swells up, like you just puff up like a water balloon. Y'all don't call the next day talking about some, I need an appointment because my feet are swollen. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and you know, you just inhaled. 10 pieces of ham the night before. Like, (laughs) enjoy Thanksgiving. (laughs) Enjoy your Thanksgiving dinner. But if things that you eat on Thanksgiving or the whole holiday season, right? Because we're talking about from here all the way through January. Mm -hmm. If there are things that you eat that you know affect you, then you do have to avoid those. Like, you can't just eat them just because of the holiday. And salt is one where a lot of people come into the offices and they say, my hands are swollen or my feet are swollen. It really hurts because they've been swollen for a long time. Mm -hmm. So be careful with your salt intake. If you're sensitive to it, some of us can eat it and we don't have any problems. But if you are sensitive to it, watch your salt intake. If you just got to have 10 pieces of ham, I don't know why you need 10 pieces, but (laughs) you um, should drink lots of water so that the salt in your body will not start following and finding itself in places that it shouldn't be if you drink a lot of water then your kidneys will help you out and they'll do you a solid and help you flush out some of that sodium Mm -hmm. but um yeah that sodium will send people that's how people end up in the emergency room yeah that's Mm -hmm. how people end up And, you know, back in the office sooner than you want to. And I know that some of you all have these high deductible plans and you didn't want to pay for that appointment. And just know that if you send a message through your portal system to your doctor talking about my feet are swollen, I can barely breathe what you think it is. They're going to want you to come in because we don't want to see swollen feet over a message. Right. We want to come in. We want to see you want to see what that is. And if the simple thing is just avoiding some of that salty food and drinking more water, do it. A a huge culprit for salt is basically um, the way that you make
2: your food. So a lot of your moms, grandmas, aunties use a lot of salt when they cook. So that's one thing. But then there are some meats that inherently have salt, i.e. pork. Mm -hmm. So things you guys need to be aware of. And when we're thinking about salt, we're thinking about blood pressure. Now, some of these meats on this list, when we're talking about like smothered pork chops fried chicken, fried foods in general. That's when we're getting into talks about cholesterol. And like your cholesterol diet, like eating lots of butter, lots of fried foods, things like that. And trust me, everybody loves a good piece of fried chicken. We know this. The Popeye's chicken sandwich caused like a whole the world almost stopped spinning over this Popeye's chicken sandwich. <laughs> oh,
1: people were fighting <laughs> over those sandwiches. They had people so much- were fighting
2: over it. Some people people almost got shanked. I think somebody got shot at one of them. Like the, we get it. Yo, People really? love oh
3: My God, Jesus.
2: Yeah, it's a it's it's a thing. But just be aware that, like, whenever you're eating these meats and how the meats are prepared, that you should really and mind you, Doctor, like Doctor Chris is right. Amy Jo M D is right. This should really be a one time thing. It's the holiday. You cheat. You eat it. You enjoy your family. And then you should go back to your normal. But that doesn't usually happen between November and December. Everybody takes this long nutrition holiday right. until the new year. And they're I'm like, like, oh, I'm going to get back in the gym, doc. I'm going to get back right. in the
0: gym. And I'm yes. like, okay. Because well, they're going to make that their New Year's resolution. Yeah, I'm going to change how I eat. And I'm going to go to the gym. Right. No. And
3: no, no, no. then it ends by February. So, no, it does not right. work.
0: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. 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 And then
2: I don't really need to so much hit the veggies because most of the veggies that you see are like collard greens, green beans, coleslaw, okra, things like that. Across the board, the veggies are good. I will stop for a moment to say that the majority of Black people, at least I'll talk about my family. So whoever is making the greens or the green beans, there usually is pork that is cooked with these vegetables. Yes. <laughs> and they put the ham hocks in, of course. Whether there's like fat back or... I remember the first time I went with my mom when I was little and she went to this... We have like this one store in Fort Lauderdale where you can get like all these parts of the pig that you're not really supposed to be eating. Lord
3: Jesus. Anyway.
2: <laughs> I, won't, I won't go into it, but... We went there and I remember she's like, oh, I need some fat back. I'm like, what is that for? And she's like, oh, I got to make the vegetables. I remember being like 10. And I was like, why do we need pork to cook vegetables? Yo, that <laughs> yeah. is
3: the deep south. I'm like, we do you not be
2: smart, here, too smart for my own good.
0: My mom's like, hush, child. Let's go to the, let's go to the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, funny story. You know, I never knew about, because I never knew about fat back. I had a patient tell me like, yeah, I get fat back. I'm like, "What's what's that? They really had to like oh, tell me because yeah. I don't because y'all know like you know y'all ain't doing fat, fat back in, in Haiti. Oh, nah, God. we don't do that. We just, we Girl, just do the fat. Real. that's good <laughs> Black American We just ah, do the fat. You know what same. we do? You know what we do? A lot of times, what well, my grandmother used to do that all the time. Like she would fry something and then save the oil and refry it again refry something else with that grandma's everywhere you yeah you know it's so good though it's so good because all the all the seasoning from the first one and then you use the fat (laughs) you use that oil again and then and then you go thinking like how often can how many uses of this oil can i can I actually get? A, oh yes. that
1: thing never ran out. I don't no, know that right. I ever saw. A, I never saw a tub of lard in the garbage can at my grandmother's house. Oh, like I think not. you just you just used it forever. Like yeah, it, it could have been centuries old. Like oh, it my. just it died with your grandparents, right? Like God rest my grandmother's soul. Like oh, that God. tub of lard stayed in in her house until she was no longer in her house, and that's when you were done, right? Right. the Lord said it is finished, he was like, bring you and your lard to the upper room. And that's where that's where it ended, right? And so, uh, and and I can't even, now as an adult, I'm like, this is crazy. Like right. how many arteries did we clog trying to mess right. with this I'm lard? Good. Like, mm-hmm. but it smelled great. You couldn't mm-hmm. tell me it wasn't magic in that lard when I was <laughs> <seeing> it. <laughs> watching it. I was like, this is amazing. Like, as soon as you put it in, right, it smelled like the last fried chicken. So you just right. like- what is no, that? I don't want right, to eat that. Like it right. smells so good. Now as an adult, I'm like, man, they're trying to kill me. I would not right. even 10 years old yet, right? I'm trying to die soon. Right, right. Uh, after we yeah. ever fried, chi- well,
3: after we fried chicken and like made bacon, whatever, we always would pour it. We had a dedicated pot in our kitchen where all the lard went and we would just pour the oil into that pot and just reuse it. And that's technically, you know, that was it. I mean, I gave the seasoning for the new foods that we would make, and that was it. So, and that thing yeah. that is only done, I feel like that's only done in the black community. I don't know any other culture that listen, does
2: that. Listen, um, I was washing dishes late last, like late one night, and I poured out my mom's good grease. Oh my God. The next morning, she was like, <laughs> I was like what? and mind you, she used to keep, oh my God, <laughs> I'm going too deep. My mom listens to this. She's going to be like, girl. So, listen. My mom keeps the grease. She doesn't have a dedicated place to keep the grease. So she actually keeps the grease in old coffee cans, right? Yeah. (laughs) So I was washing dishes, cleaning up the kitchen. And I was like, oh, what is all this? Like, oh, why is this here? Whatever. I just threw it away. And then, like, fast forward, probably a week later, she's like, "Where is my grease? Where, where is the, where is the grease?" <laughs> and she calls me to the kitchen, and she's like, "Did you throw away a coffee container that didn't have coffee in it?" I was like, "Oh yeah, I didn't know I was there. Whatever." Oh my lord, why Jesus. did you say you did it? You should have said I don't know.
0: <laughs> oh my
3: god!
2: Because I, yeah, because you know what I mean. But either way, I learned my lesson. All is well. Anyway, I say all that to say that people have the ways that they cook and people have the things that they do, the seasonings that they use. So for the holidays, you need to just be aware overall of if things are fried and if things are smothered, that's going to put you kind of at risk for cholesterol related things. If you're talking about salt people use and pork, things like that, that's going to give you a little um, towards like the blood pressure type of things, things that you need to be aware of. And then if you're talking about starches, and that can kind of put you at risk for diabetes-related things. And then, of course, the greens, the green beans, coleslaw, all that. For the most part, vegetables are fine if you cook them with pork. Then they have the pork risk factors with them, which are high you know, blood pressure and high salt. Um, or if you're like my father, who likes to eat fried okra, And I'm like, dad, Mm -hmm. this is just, this is just fried food. This is just fried, you know, okra happens to be there, but it's just fried, (laughs) Um, which means you're also clogging your arteries and especially black and brown men need to be very, very aware of this. And Mm -hmm. me and my father have had a very in-depth talk about this already. So, um, and that's kind of like the overall arcing Food of of soul food. I didn't touch on the desserts at all, but um, you guys should also be wary of the desserts, and you should really have those on a holiday based. You know, like don't eat like pound cake five slices a day for two months straight, and then hit New Year's like yeah, I'm hitting the gym. So
1: you don't have to I'll take it real. to go play home either. Like I I know that's a foreign concept to mm-hmm. everyone that's been at their favorite auntie's house or their grandma's house, but if you have got diseases that mean you have to watch your diet do not fool yourself to think that you're gonna spread out that um pound cake over the next week like that pound cake is good it's smashed tomorrow morning <laughs> for <laughs> breakfast okay for so breakfast though, really? oh yeah they're eating oh, that yes. for breakfast oh yes um, of course
2: of course for breakfast, breakfast? You, wake it. the, you wake up with you wake up
1: in
0: what? the morning about thinking about that pound cake like you're okay, right. What? I'm about to I eat that, that first while I'm yeah. warming
1: up my other plate. I gotta right. make three plates. Oh somewhere. my god, that was terrible. Being, I'm you
0: either. drink coffee, are you kidding me? Coffee with cake? Yeah. That just is going sense. down? Oh, that's I mean, fair. That's fair. I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give
1: you that, yeah. Doctor Chris. That's fair. Yeah, it's it's going down. But if you know that you've got some things that mean that you've got to get back to business, um, putting some processes in place to help you get back on track. Is the the way to go, and one of the quick and dirty ways to do that is to enjoy the enjoy the dinner while you're there, and once that dinner is over, you go back to uh, your regular eating habits that are keeping you safe and healthy.
2: I have one quick thing to say before we transition to the questions. For my family who may be listening in Vidalia, Georgia, Benavista, Georgia, small town Georgia that nobody knows. And a lot of the things that we're talking about right now, this is how y'all eat every single day. Like, this is not Thanksgiving dinner for them. Like, they they cook Thanksgiving for, like, a regular meal. This is my chance to let you all know that these things that we've just talked about should more so be for holidays and occasions like that. You shouldn't be eating... You know, ham, mac and cheese, collard greens, yams, sweet potato stuff, and all that. product. <laughs> mm-hmm. They do it every day, plus probably some type of venison. They, you know, hunt deer, all types of that. So I'm just saying, just tone I have down. you have so deer down pretty
1: there? good. What?
2: In Georgia? Know. Yeah, girl. What? A what do you thing. mean?
1: That was a Michigan what thing. They do. You know what? I need you to venture outside of Michigan because, you know, <laughs> I don't know what's going on in Michigan, but. <laughs> Dr. Nono's been to Michigan and Chicago. She's like, that's all I know. I mean, right? essentially, that's it. Dr.
2: Nono doesn't spend time with her family in the South. But <laughs> in the South, I've had deer meat. I've had deer bacon.
3: Yes. I've had deer absolutely everything.
0: I've had deer, deer I love
3: y'all in New Jersey, New York,
0: Atlanta. I love you guys. I haven't had deer meat, but I almost ran over a deer. <laughs> Listen, I, I've deer. I, I'm and that jealous, was in but, Georgia. And that was in Georgia. Oh, okay. listen,
2: because they're everywhere. But that's all I have to say on the topic. And then you can definitely hit us with some questions. We probably only have time for probably one question. I apologize for expanding on this, on this soul food but, topic. But food
1: is a good topic. So, all right, you guys, let me get to some questions. I'm going to pull up. Uh, I'm going to try to get maybe one or two because we're running out of time. We promised that this one would be uh, on schedule. So, um, since we're talking about soul food, uh, there is one. So... Our listener um, has written, I am 42 and I've worked out at least five days a week since July. I've done the intermittent fasting, cut carbs and sugars. I can admit that I need to drink more water. My weight is not dropping. I can see slight changes in my physical appearance. What can I do to boost my metabolism? Mm. Mm. That's a good question. So, you know, I'll t- here's one of the first things I tell. I will give you the speech that I give my patients because this happens often, where people are coming in and they're really frustrated. So um, I think a couple of things. One, when people say they're not eating, um, they're not eating that much. What they mean is they're not eating that often. Mm-hmm. So intermittent fasting while I love intermittent fasting throws it off because everybody says I'm not really eating that much. And what they mean is I've consolidated my meals into two a day, or I really only eat one big meal a day. And then I have a snack. So that's the first thing. Second, you've got to write it down. So if you are doing all the right things and you're not seeing the results, bodies are the bodies really operate as they have since the beginning of time. Which means that there is something in the diet that we're not picking up on that is slowing down how often or how how often you are losing weight. So uh, reasonable weight loss uh, for the average um, person is one to two pounds a week. So let's start there, because I've had people come in and say, give me a diet pill because, you know, it's not working. And then when I calculate their weight loss, they're losing about one to one and a half pounds a week. So. One to two pounds a week, if that's what you're hitting, that's actually very reasonable a uh, weight loss goal. So that's the first thing, knowing what is normal. Uh, contrary to Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, the infomercials that run at night, this whole drop twenty pounds in thirty days is not realistic. Most of it is water weight, or you've been required to do something so extreme that you're going to gain it back as soon as the whatever twenty-one day you know mm-hmm. thing is over. So setting a realistic goal is the first thing. So if you are not losing one to two pounds a week um, and you've been doing all those things, then that's how you know that you aren't seeing your weight loss. The second thing I would do is start writing them down and you can go through them with your, with your primary care doctor, or if your primary care doctor does not have time to go through those with you, you can um, ask for a nutritionist. That's my two cents on that. And
3: also, you know, like, you know, changing your diet is only half of the, you know, half of the, you know, two sides to the coin there. So really, you know, weight loss is diet and also with your exercise. And you well, she, gotta, said she
1: was exercising five days a week.
3: Right. So mm-hmm. so the only question is like, how much are you exercising and what type of exercise are you doing? Because there's like there's cardio, there's weightlifting. There's yoga, there's Pilates, there's different types of exercises that you can do that depend, you know, kind of how much, like how much calorie expenditure you're doing during that exercise. So usually, you know, what we recommend is about 30 minutes with each session, which, you know, like 150 minutes each week is usually what we recommend or per the guidelines with the AAFP. Mm -hmm. Um, But definitely try and, you know, switch it up a bit. But, you know, just know that, You know, you can change your diet, but also know that, you know, doing your exercise and also keeping up with, you know, and keeping a regimen with that is also going to help with your weight loss as well.
2: I would like to throw something in here, Um, just a different perspective, especially, and I'll be honest, I've been in the Bay, which is very rainbows and granola (laughs) and very holistic and being, you know, like satisfied with yourself type of thing. Um, but even before I moved out here, I do tell my patients I'm more focused like as your primary care doctor, I don't want you to be so obsessed over the number especially to the point where you're losing sleep over it because there's a lot of patients that I've had that are really like, hey, I want to get down to this number by this date this is what I want doc mm-hmm. hardcore and I really fo- I really focus more with them about, I want you to live a healthy lifestyle. Like, I want you to eat healthy. I want you to continue. If she's exercising five days a week, that's awesome compared to most patients I see. Most patients will hit maybe like three times a week, maybe three or four, especially when they're working. So if she's exercising five days a week, she's eating healthy across the board. The fact that she's living a healthy lifestyle, I think is a really good thing. I think that she should give herself credit for that. So pat yourself on the back. Yes. And then if you're really focused, yeah, across the board. And if you're really focused on really trying to cut down the weight, then I agree with Amy Jo MD, talking to your doctor about it, kind of like, you know, mapping out everything and what you've been doing. And that way they can kind of give you like, you know, kind of like a roadmap to go on the journey with you. Yeah.
1: But you got to do the food journal. The food journal will set you free. I have seen people come in and and they've brought the food journal. And even before they have come back to see me after I said, okay, do two weeks. If you eat it, you write it down. If you Mm -hmm. eat it on accident, you write it down. Mm -hmm. If someone ate it and after much investigation, what you realize is the only person who could have eaten it was you, write (laughs) it down, okay? Because people come back and they will see things that they did not think were happening as much as they thought. And, yep. and a lot of times people will come back to me and they'll say, you know what? I'm good now. Like actually, you know, as I was writing it down after the first week, I saw these things here and I went ahead and cut that out because the, everything matters, right? What you eat, what you drink. I think one of the problem is, is that our cheap days, and I'm not saying that, This listener is cheating. I don't, it doesn't sound like she is. It sounds like she is doing, he or she is doing, you know, whatever that they're doing. But the things that we take in where we're like, oh, I just had a little sip of that or I only had a little piece of that, it's not a big deal. When you look at it written out over weeks, Mm -hmm. you start to feel differently about how often you're consuming that. So if you are doing all the right things and you are, you know, spinning your wheels to figure out, where could the culprit be, then you've got to go back to the basics and say, let me just write it down. I'm not saying change anything. For those first two weeks, you changed nothing. You are just simply writing it out because that's telling you what you're naturally grabbing for right now. If you go on a different diet and you track that, that won't tell you why your weight loss was not happening before. So you should just write it as is right now. And then kind of Mm -hmm. take a look at that and see if your primary care doctor can walk you through it or if your nutritionist can do it.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think all of that is really good. And I will just share with you guys, like, I have pretty much been, I I have a trainer. So I've been working out, like, every three times a week. And my weight loss has not, I have not really lost weight, but I've gained muscle. So, like, I've, I've. I see you, Dr. Chris okay I'm not that (laughs) muscular but I have gained some muscle but I have changed like so I have noticed that but like my weight has pretty much stayed about the same but I also don't always eat the best so there's that too so you have to like look into those things and just little things that you're doing like um, Amy Joe, and D was saying because like I know for myself I drink coffee I love coffee And I put sugar in my coffee and I use half and half. So all those (laughs) things contribute to me not losing the weight that I want to, to uh, to lose. So you always have to like look into those things and doing that food journal will definitely help, you know, figure out what things that things that you think are not a big deal are somewhat of a big deal to get to your goal. And then partly with the especially especially dairy products.
3: Yeah. And then with the food journal, I mean, you're also able to see like what, you know, you know, when you bring it to your doctor, you guys can kind of talk about like where you can make substitutions in your diet. So like what Dr. Chris was saying, like, yeah, I put cream. So I'm I'm exactly the same way. I put cream in my coffee, I put sugar in my coffee. All right. Well, I mean, you know, those are not benign things. Those are not just regular things. Like Those add to your caloric count throughout the day. Dr. Sunshine is laughing at me because I use the doctor word, so it is fine. (laughs) I corrected myself. It's fine. But you did good. You're doing great. Thank you. I appreciate it. So (laughs) so when you're able to see kind of those little additives that you're adding to your coffee, to your tea, to whatever you drink throughout the day, those are not just empty calories. Those are things that are adding to your total caloric count for the day.
0: Oh, one more. Oh, one more thing I wanted to add. If she's having, if um, who, the listener, he or she is having problems with weight loss, it'd be helpful to probably check thyroid, make sure that there's no issue with that. Yeah. Yes, yes, Dr.
1: Chris. Yes. Yes. And that could affect your weight loss, your metabolism. Very true. Can we say though, mm. your thyroid will count for five to 15 pounds maybe 20 mm-hmm. and that's stretching it. Mm-hmm. And this is for all of the 50 plus pounders that are coming in to say, I am 50 pounds overweight. I think my thyroid is messed up. Your thyroid might be messed up, but don't you blame all 50, those pounds on that thyroid. No, like, no, no. Your <laughs> is a number one with a Sprite lard. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> we using that lard on- and that oil. It's not all, right, you know. It's that lard can right. that your grandma passed down. That's such um, your old lard. Can we cut out? Can
2: we cut out chitlins, as a people? No. Oh, am I going to get no, you? Know,
1: no, no, I, 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 I can't do chitlins. That's like, purely a, a pure South thing. That is not. No, it's not. I love I chitlins in Chicago. You need to get out more, Doctor No. No, I mean half of us. Are here. I mean, you live in you live in Chicago now. You realize how the people in Chicago there by way of Mississippi. In Alabama, that's, you're that's right,
3: that's true, that's true, because that's where like the blues and the south, like the soul that you know, you gotta know your,
1: your migratory pattern. So, um, yeah, I mean, I know. have family from Detroit,
3: but we still don't use chitlins. I mean,
1: <laughs> no, your uh-huh. family is you, chit- listen, my mother will still cook chitlins for um, my brother, so mm. there's that you got.
2: She would for your brother, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. Of course she would. You
1: know, I I stopped eating them as a kid. I didn't realize, I think growing up, I knew what chitlins were, but it's not until you come into the kitchen and you smell them getting clean, that'll change your whole life. So once I did that, I think it was a wrap for me. I haven't eaten chitlins since I was a child. No, I'm Um, good.
3: um, I'm fine with gizzards.
1: That's about as south as I'll go, so... Gizzards aren't Southern. You get them from Harold's Chicken. All yeah. stuff. I, I used to grow
0: up on gizzards. I, I didn't like that. Whenever we had gizzards, I'm like, dang. I, I mean, we didn't eat them really by great. themselves. Now we got not have that. No, we it's always tough. would chop them up
3: and put them in other stuff. But we would never eat that yeah. by itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, What? You ain't been to Harold's Chicken and got to order gizzards? No, no. I get the chicken. That's why I go to Harold's Chicken, to get the chicken.
1: <laughs> I didn't even know they sold gizzards there.
3: I didn't yeah, either. Man.
1: You can get a small or a large Lord have any, do we
2: have any words? Do we have any words for the people to leave them with? Listen <laughs> with uh, no. thoughts of posit- thoughts of positivity. Keep sending your Safety. questions.
1: Um, your questions are good. Uh, mm. You can send questions to us at thechocolatemds at gmail.com. You can find us on our Facebook page or our Instagram page and you can send us questions that way. I know a lot of our friends and families are listening. So sometimes you all just send us a quick text or a message. That's fine. But if you do not have our uh, if you do not have if you do not have our text, uh, our phone numbers or our personal emails or our DM accounts, you can send them and we will still see them, read them, and answer them at the chocolate at gmail.com. Every other Wednesday, people, we will be sending you a wonderful episode every other Wednesday. But on the Wednesdays that we do not release a podcast, you will get the update on what's coming in the new episode. So that gives you two weeks to listen, and then you get a week to get the scoop on what's going to be coming down next. So flu season is coming. We are all, oh, yes. Yes. Flu season. Yeah, you're doing right. Flu season is here. Get your Please get shot. your flu shot. I got my Wear flu shot. Yes, Wear your
0: got... mask. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. Exactly. But get your
1: flu shots, people. Um, the last thing I we got need mine already. This, um mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. I, the last thing we need is for you to have the flu and COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last thing you need is to have the flu because I, everybody gets really freaked out when they think they have COVID. I do not have one person who's calmly said, dang, you know what? I think I have COVID. So at least knowing that you've gotten your flu shot and that's one less thing that you've got to be worried about is outstanding. So if you have not done so, the flu shots are out and they're available everywhere. You can get them while you're grocery shopping. You can get them from your CVS or your Walgreens. Walmart, I think, is also doing them. Target is doing them. You can get them from your doctor's office. You can go to your public health clinic and get them. Uh, There's really no place that you can't go to get the flu shot. Um, And just take care of yourselves. Have a good, safe season. Stay safe. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye, guys.